Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. As Asian cities urbanize on a huge scale, we know that urban policy makers often face complex challenges trying to figure out growth versus resilience and sustainability. We talk about this quite often on the show. Mm. On the 17th of January, Singapore Management University launched a new research institute called the Urban Institute, UI, which is looking at deep research on Asian cities, contributing to the development of livable and vibrant and sustainable cities. Here to tell us all about what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, what they're going to look at, Associate Professor Orlando Woods, the director of the SMU Urban Institute. Orlando, good morning. Welcome to Money FM. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's lovely to be here and to, to meet you both and to talk about urban issues. Well, and we've just been talking about the new, the pass for public transportation. But tell us just a broad overview of what the new Urban Institute at Singapore Management University is, is charged with doing. What is your mission? I think we all know that Singapore Management University is the only uh, university in Singapore that is located in the city centre. Mm. So it's very much, uh, we are the only, you could argue, urban university in Singapore, um, depending on how you define the urban, of course. Mm. I think uh, to answer your question in terms of what are we trying to do, there are two things. One is more sort of inward-looking and the other is more outward-looking. So the inward-looking thing is to consolidate all of the excellent research that we Mm. have been doing in SMU on urban-related issues and to offer an institutional structure to talk about that and to consolidate it and to make it more meaningful and more impactful for Singapore and for the region. Um, So that's the inward-looking part. The outward-looking part is to think about how we can actually help address some of these very complex challenges concerning the urbanization of Asia. And when we think about urbanization, we're not just interested in what's happening in Singapore, Mm. but we're very much interested in the region, specifically in Southeast Asia. So you have this SMU Urban Institute. Who, who is it primarily for? So how, what would it look like? Would stakeholders, governments in the region, would they come to you for advice, say we're, we're building this new town, help us with the infrastructure? How, how does it actually work? As a university, one of our primary audiences will always be other universities and academics. Right. You know, that academic piece of the research is critical to what we're doing and to, to really sort of putting ourselves on the map uh, in an academic sense. But apart from that, again, it comes back to the point of what SMU is all about. We are a management university, management industry as part of our institutional DNA. And so our relationships with industry, with the private sector, with government, with policymakers are equally as important. So I guess there are those three main groupings of fellow academics, fellow universities around the world. Uh, We've got the private sector, industry, we've got governments, policymakers, and then of course, people as well. If we can can sort of filter down to the uh, everyday man or woman on the streets, Mm. then, then that would be amazing in terms of the impacts that so we could can you, have. Yeah. I'm just curious, could you give us a hypothetical or a real example of when an industry or a company might come to you and say, we need A, B and C, how do we make it happen? Yeah. What is your role in that? So we're in ongoing, I mean, we, uh, a lot of the government's agencies in Singapore are quite major funders of research. And right. so they put out um, calls for proposals and we, our faculty, um, submit proposals to work on projects that are of critical importance to the government. And so um, one of the major funders would be the Ministry of Education.
education. Other than that, you've got the URA, um, you've got the MSC, you've got MCCY, you've got all the all the government uh, ministries or stat boards that are funding research. And they do this with a particular problem in mind that they want to address. And so I have colleagues working on a number of issues to do with, uh, to do with the environment, to do with climate change, to do with uh, urban mobility solutions, to do with optimizing uh, last mile delivery, all this kind of stuff, um, which when the government's funding this, they want the, the outputs to translate into tangible outcomes and impacts, which might, uh, for example, translate into policy. It might translate into a particular solution that they implement. Do you have uh, an example? Yes. So <laughs> a lot of this, a lot of this. We, uh, we know the Institute's only a week old. So, yeah. you know, if you don't have a whole lot to say, yeah. we get that. Actually, it's a week and three days. <laughs> so um, there, there are, you know, there might be a specific piece of uh, an algorithm or a code or particular technological solution, which is used to optimize a certain platform, which is right. used to organize government services or a sort of private sector platform company. Fascinating. We're talking with a professor, associate professor Orlando Woods, the director of the Singapore Management University Urban Institute. In so many ways, Singapore has been used as a living lab for many years, you know, water, good governance, and many other types of urban development things. How do you feel, you, you mentioned collating research and, and trying to push that out as well. But do you see SMU as taking on some of these actual research projects and, and adding to that urban living lab kind of framework that is already present here? Yeah, no, that's a really cool question. So I think, you know, so in terms of the number of urban related, we call them ICLs, Institute Centers of Labs. So, so these are all research entities that focus on urban questions. There are 18 of these in Singapore, one eight, right? So we are number 19. So <laughs> Singapore is a very saturated landscape. There's a lot for, going on. There's a lot going on yeah. for, in terms of urban research. Yeah. It comes back to my earlier points of what makes us different. Why do we need a 19th one? And so one of our sort of positionings and one of our uniquenesses is actually to have this more regional ambition. Uh, and so as much as, so it's come back to your question, Glenn, as much as Singapore is important, it's a living lab, it's a, it's a paradigmatic case study of successful urban development, we cannot deny that. But there's also a translational element out of Singapore into the region, into Jakarta, into Bangkok, into cities in the region, which are developing, urbanizing even faster than, than Singapore is. And a lot of the, the challenges they might, I'm not going to say they'll be solved, but they might actually be informed or understood better by applying concepts or understandings of Singapore mm. to the region. Mm. And so to answer your question in a more direct way, I guess there are two parts to it. One is, yes, of course, we want to contribute to what Singapore is doing, but we need to recognize it is a saturated landscape. Mm. The other part is we want to, to sort of take the Singapore model and try and use it to um, aid development in, in the region. That is absolutely yeah. fascinating because David Attenborough has said many, <laughs> many times that Singapore has laid down the template for a 21st century city, which is kind of what you're talking about, and then try and extrapolate that and take it to other countries, other cities. So what is it, from your perspective, that Singapore does so well in terms of urban development that other cities, regional cities, can learn from? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, I guess we have to understand the, the uniquenesses and the, the magic of Singapore, mm. which is, um, it's so unique. And so, so actually, I'm going to start answering your question by actually problematizing it, which is actually, can we ever do that? Because of the uniquenesses of context mm. that we have in Singapore, we are a very small island city state, right? We have a single layer of government. We um, do not have the messiness of the political machinery of multiple levels of government, mm. um, the intervening role of the private sector, all of this kind of stuff, which other cities outside of Singapore 
do have to deal with and do have to grapple with. So Singapore is, is a really unique context. And why a lot of things work so well is because of the political structure, because of the size, because uh, it's quite easy to implement, to formulate policy and then implement those policies to a high degree of effectiveness. That's the problem I see. In other words, with. the government gets it done. Like they it see something done, they need yeah. to do and they do it. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and we've all seen that, those of right. us. And it can push here. through things yeah. relatively easily mm-hmm. with yeah. the long-term benefits of everyone in mind. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, the problematization part. The other part, which is actually addressing your question more directly, is that Singapore does have a long history of what we call um, policy transfer or sort of taking an urban solution and trying to embed it or implement it in another mm. country or mm-hmm. part of the world. You know, a lot of uh, the HDB model, for example, yep. has tried to be implemented in cities in China, for example, as well as cities in Africa. Um, so there are, uh, there, and it has been done to, to varying degrees of success. I think we also have to recognize that lots of government-linked companies like Keppel, Capitaland, uh, these are major infrastructure developers in the region. You know, they are helping to, to build the huge uh, projects that are sort of transforming Bangkok and, and, uh, and other cities in the region. Uh, and so actually through that, through that private sector mechanism, we're actually seeing the ethos of Singapore being embedded within regional systems. Fascinating. Talking with Orlando, uh, Associate Professor Orlando, I keep forgetting to put that in there, sorry. (laughs) Associate Professor Orlando Woods, uh, Director of the SMU Urban Institute about their newly opened Institute uh, just a week ago here in Singapore. Orlando, there are three pillars, as I understand it, to the Institute, urban life, urban growth, urban infrastructure. And cities are complex organisms, if you will. (laughs) One of the things that has been mentioned is this need to really take a human-centered approach to how that development goes. Has Singapore... Has Singapore nailed that? Has Singapore got that down? Because you talked about 19, now 19 research institutes mm-hmm. in Singapore, and, and this has been going on for decades already. And then the, the design of Singapore is decades old. Yeah. Are we on a good, you know, are, are we really the gold standard here? Or what else do we need to do to be better? It's a bit of a can of worms. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, I, you can take one out or you can open the whole can, right, whichever one right. you want to talk about. I, I think, I mean, me personally, yeah. uh, you know, I've lived here for, for many, many years, 18 years now. And, yeah. and I really think it does set a certain gold standard. Uh, if I talk to a colleague in the UK, for example, they'll be very critical of the Singapore model, saying it's too managerialist. It's too top down. It's too, you could even go as far as to say authoritarian. Because English bureaucracy is so efficient. Uh, it's so efficient. So <laughs> Ruthlessly efficient. It's so efficient. Everything always gets done. <laughs> so, so the one thing that actually helps us is what you're saying is the, critic, the criticism from some circles outside. Yes. I mean, I, you know, so, so we have to recognize that we have a very visionary government. And that's one of the real blessings of Singapore. Right? Yeah. Um, and so to ask, you know, are we, are we moving towards this? Is Singapore an ideal of a human-centered city? Um, probably not. But I think it does it much better than many other um, cities, many other um, urban administrations around the world. Um, we are government-led. We are public sector-led in terms of our urban developments. But I would say that that is infinitely better than being private sector-led, where, where there's a real ethos of profit maximization uh, embedded within the urban fabric and what happens within cities. Hmm. The very fact that the, the government plays such a visionary, forward, progressive role in developing the city, by default, because they are the public sector, they have the greater good 
in their mind, right? Mm. So they have society, they have, um, you know, the community good uh, in the back of their minds. They wouldn't do something that would be um, damaging or, or, or potentially, you know, long-term damaging to society here. Mm. They're always trying to strengthen society. That's a great mm. point you make about mm. the community because Athanasios, one of our regular listeners, he's listening in Australia, he says, you know, what are the views of the people who live and navigate in the city? How much public consultation should you take on board? It's the classic, you're not going to please everyone all of the time. <laughs> right. But if you look at the recent Simply Go situation, uh, you look at COE costs, I know one of the key components of what you're going to do is, is traffic congestion, uh, looking at that element how much public consultation can you realistically take on board yeah. in any major city or country? That's a great question. Um, there's no easy answer mm. to it. Right? I think, again, if we bring it back to Singapore, um, I think we've seen a notable uh, shift in how the government engages with communities, with people. I think it's becoming much more open to uh, participant-led uh, or you know society-led sort of planning decisions. Uh, to take a, Neil, I know you like real concrete examples, so to take a real concrete example, uh, near to where I live, which is uh, Queenstown, we have the uh, the rail corridor, the green corridor. Yep. And, you know, there's a lot of, the URA is, is actively consulting with communities about how to actually revamp the green corridor. There are a lot of fantastic spaces that can be used over the under the Queensway flyover, there's a, it's a huge bridge and a, a sort of space under that that can be used for community purposes. And just last week, um, there was a group of community residents that are invested in the community met with URA representatives to actually brainstorm and discuss how that space can be optimised for mm. for use for society yeah, community use. use right? oh, fantastic! And I think it does mark a change. Um, mm. it, Maybe it didn't used to be like that maybe 10, 20 years ago, but it is changing. Yeah. Orlando, as we sit here today, what, what do you hope if you come back a year from now, what, what will you have hoped will have changed with the Urban Institute? What will you have achieved or be on the way to achieving? Yeah, that's a dangerous question to ask. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I know 12 months is not a long, you know, is not a long horizon, but 12 months, 24 months, whatever it is for that. That horizon and I'm going to write down everything you say <laughs> and bring it back. And it's, yeah. I'm establishing my yeah. own KPIs. Yeah. This is being recorded. <laughs> I hope my bosses are listening. <laughs> a bit too early for them, maybe. Okay, so, so I guess, again, I can think about it looking internally and then also externally. Yeah. So internally, what the Urban Institute, what I'm trying to achieve, especially within the short term, within one, one to two years, is to bring together the SMU ecosystem. We are a, a very research vibrant university that... Um, we, we have eight schools. Uh, we have, um, you know, a range of disciplines ranging from economics, business, strategy, law, social sciences, all these kind of things. So internally, I want the Institute to bring together all of those disciplines and to speak across disciplinary boundaries, which is easier said than done. Um, mm. Academics can be very focused in there. Siloed. In, and, siloed, yeah, yeah. yeah. And not just within the schools, but also at SMU, we have other very impressive research institutes or research centers. We've got one for green finance. Uh, we've got one for successful aging. And green finance, successful aging, these all have urban questions at their core. Mm. How do we sustainably finance cities of the future? Mm -hmm. right? So again, I want to see 
the Urban Institute consolidating all of these excellent sort of pockets of research within the university and bringing them together and foregrounding that urban question within them. Awesome. Brilliant. Final question from me, looking ahead. What are the key challenges for Singapore and Asia when it comes to urban evolution? Is it climate change? Is that number one, first it, and foremost? Yeah, <laughs> huge question. Um, of course, you know, that is huge. The fact that we are a small island city-state, you know, the fact that sea level is rising is really scary. And we're and, a low-lying city. And we are a low-lying city. You know, yeah. we should be scared. We should be worried. This isn't just the government's problem. It's all of our problems because, uh, you know, a half a metre rise in sea level, that can have catastrophic consequences for, for a country like ours. So, of course, there's that. But I think there's also, the, the in terms of the challenges, the, the main sticking point is changing people's attitudes, changing people's behaviours. If you think about um, shifts towards more sustainable lifestyles, getting people to recycle, getting people to, to bring their own bags when they go to the shopping centre. Right? Oh, of these, you talk sacrilege, my all friend. All of these things. Right? <laughs> um, that is a much harder, a much longer term thing to do. That is not a yeah. policy fix. It's not an infrastructure fix. It's a mindset fix, yeah, which takes yeah. generations. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Orlando, we do have to leave it there. Thanks for being with us. Associate Professor <laughs> Orlando Woods, the director of the new Singapore Management University Urban Institute. Thanks for being with us. Please do come back and, yes. and chat with I'd us more. Yeah. One year from now. One year. <laughs> Thanks, Orlando. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.